Welcome and thank you for visiting the Straight Talk Podcast. We're talking wealth, finance, real estate. We're coming from a tell it like it is, keep it simple, help me understand, and give it to me straight approach. I'm Greg Cowan, a guy who's been working on the front lines of finance and real estate now for 20 years. We're going to help you save money, point you in the right direction, and keep it fun and keep it real. Thanks for joining. Let's roll. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Straight Talk Podcast. Uh, with joining me with me is uh, Jesse Perone, and today we're going to chat um, and just give you some straight talk on tips, tricks, advice from two people on the front lines of the world of investments, housing, real estate, mortgage. And here from the front lines is Miss Jesse. How are you? Hi, I'm good. What does front lines mean? That we are. In front of it. We're on the front line. We're on the front, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're in front of it all yeah. day, every day. Well, tell these nice people uh, listening to us what you do on the I, front lines. I am a mortgage consultant, which is mm. a fancy way to say I help people buy homes all day. Well, you get to do the, the, the crappy the money part, side. the yeah. money side. The not fun side. Everyone likes to look at houses, but they're expensive. They are. It's people's biggest purchase. Mm -hmm. And you, therefore, are qualified to talk to people about investments, housing, mortgage, and real estate because of why? It's the biggest financial piece. It's the cornerstone of generational wealth itself. So when we start talking to them about this debt and asset and how to leverage it, um, we really dip into all their stuff. We do. We got to pull down their pants. We do talk about the proverbial pull down your underpants and let's talk about it all. Yeah. 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 Credit, their credit, the, the money in the bank, yeah. their debts, yeah. their income. And even you can't hide some from of us. the family history, how they view money. Oh, yeah. Tell what that. their goals are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to officially certify you as qualified. Yeah, I'm qualified. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for on having the Straight me, Greg Talk Cowart. Podcast. You're welcome. I'm Greg Cowart. Uh, Jesse and I work together. We run a mortgage team of 12 human beings, and we wake up every day and try to help people through the minefield of buying houses. Yeah. And we talk to a lot of folks. We're talking to, we're filming, we're not filming this, we're recording in April 2023, and this mm-hmm. month we're, I think I looked this morning, it's the 27th, and we're up to 125 families we've talked to this month. Yep. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So that's humans who say, call Jesse. She's good at mortgages. She'll help you. Uh, it's a lot. So a lot. the idea behind the podcast is unlike a lot of the things I read in the paper and things I see on TV, we really are on the front lines. We're not trying to write an article about wealth or home buying. Um, we, we're seeing what the average human does. Mm-hmm. We're not born with a silver spoon in our mouth. Mm-hmm. And uh, we talk to rich people and not rich people about money. So, uh, yeah. So um, happy to be here today. Thanks for tuning in. Um Today, we are going to go through, uh, from a straight talk perspective, surprising statistics about real estate, real estate financing, houses, stuff like that. Yeah. And we're going to try to stump each other. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, let's do it. So it's a stump fest. (laughs) And uh, we're going to, um, we've scoured the internet for statistics yeah. and we're going to try to see if the other person can guess correctly answers to questions. Yes. 
that being said, who's going to go first? Let's rock, paper, scissors. I love that game. We've got to go. Do you play it with one, two, throw on three, or do you throw one, two, three, then throw? One, two, three. Throw on, throw on three. Wow. I don't do Aggressive. it Aggressive. Get it done. Okay. All right. Ready? Go. One, two, three. Oh. All right. Yeah, you smashed me with the hammer. All right. You're first. Uh, throw it out. What you got? Straight talk. Let me hear it. All right. What do you think the average credit score is for an FHA loan? FHA. Everyone thinks that's first-time homebuyer loan. It's not. It's not. It's an old loan that's been around forever. It's the flexible mortgage. Uh-huh. Don't have to be perfect. Uh-huh. So I'm going to go low. Okay. Uh, average credit score in the United States is, we don't really know. I see all kinds of stuff. It's somewhere between a 660 and a 680. So I'm going to go with the low side. I'm going to go 660, Jesse, on an FHA average score. You're pretty close. It's Did a 676. Okay. That's probably a little higher than I thought. Okay. Yeah. So that's good Good to know because you don't have to have perfect credit to buy a house. Um, but what do you think the average credit score is for a VA loan? VA veterans. Mm-hmm. Not Virginia. Correct. Because I always get that messed up. Yep. It's good. Good. All right, so VA loan, served in the military. How long do you have to serve to get a VA loan? That's a weird question, isn't it? Um, I think it's you have to have been active duty. Correct. It's not even an amount of time. Mm -hmm. It's when you served and what's going on in the world, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with the same number, 660, just because it's a government loan. It's built to be flexible, built to serve the veteran. And this one surprised me, 720. That's surprisingly high. Surprisingly high. What surprised you about it? That it's so high. VA is just known as this loan where it's 100% financing and borrowers sometimes aren't as qualified. It's got a bad, some bad stigma to it. I don't know. It's totally not true. I know it's, it's not. It's super flexible, and the clients are better qualified than you think. Yeah. So I like that. Yeah. So why is it getting such a bad rap? I know. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. Mm-mm. It's a great loan. Really qualified people can choose to not put zero. Can can choose to not put any money down. That's right. It it gets a bad rap because you you don't have to put money down, so therefore you must be broke. Right, but that's not not the case. No, they just are choosing to take advantage because with VA it doesn't matter if you put more money down, don't get a lower rate, and you don't really get that much lower of the mortgage insurance either. Yeah. All right, Miss cool. Rock Paper Scissors winner. Well right. done. But your turn. All right. Cool. Let's see. Let's see what you All right, got. Let's switch over from loan stuff to real estate. That's a good idea. I probably should have started with loan stuff. No, it's all right. We're just rolling. That's not boring. Well, it's kind of boring. <laughs> um, but it was good. It was good. We learned two things. Yeah. All right. Let's go with real estate agents. Ready? Okay. Real Drum estate. roll. There's like 70 million real estate agents. That's not the fact that's just a rough number what is the average number of transactions for a licensed real estate agent in a year so clearly you've got this huge group yes some probably do um, 5,000 and some probably do zero what's the average of the group hmm I would say the average per year is Five. That's my guess. So I'm going to be a realtor and just sell five homes. Yeah, just I think some, some it's higher than do you part. Think. It's part-time. 12. Really? Yeah. That 12 crossed my mind, and I was like, no, there are so many part timers. I agree. I agree. It's higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Because, okay. like you said, there's a lot of realtors who do it on the side. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, all right, yeah. what you got? How, um, what do you think the median age of these realtors are? Old, really old. What's, what's old? Well, I know that in all of the world of real estate, like everybody's in their 50s and 60s, I'll bet you the median age is over 50, 55. 56. You're yeah, really yeah, I know that. I mean, there's really, there's really a huge need for fresh new blood in the world of real estate. Yeah, yeah. Especially on our side, too. The mortgage side, I think the average age is even older than that. Yeah, uh, that would be interesting to know. Yeah, that, I mean, who's going to do, who's going to help all these people in another 10 years? Yeah. I mean, legitimately, there's We're a get tremendous train, opportunity trained. for skilled, talented salespeople who care to guide families through this. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, I know what's going to happen. The internet will do it. Mm. The computers will do it. What do you think about that? I think that's a, a bad idea. Why? Computers do everything. There's like chat GPT that'll write your papers now. Because we're, we're, we're therapists in this process. Can a computer be a therapist? Nope. Mm-mm. You have to, no. Mm-mm. When people are buying homes, a lot of times they're in transition. Um, it's just an emotional process. There are a lot of different options. You have to be able to talk it out and have someone who really knows what they're doing strategize and get to know you to really hone in on your goals and what you want to accomplish and work with you through it. Like, you, you, a computer can't do that. You don't go to sleep worried that your job's going to be taken by a computer? Nope. Mm-hmm. What about worried about that your job as a mortgage person is going to be taken over by a call center? Um, I, Overseas call center. Let's go with that. Still, still no. They can't do it either. You have Why? to be you have to be a, a human in the area. How many? What percentage of the people where you work are you meeting with face to face? I would say thirty percent. It's it's starting to come back. COVID kind of turned everything to Zoom. Well, not kind. It definitely turned everything to Zoom and phone calls. But now that we're on the other side of that, in person's coming back. So I would say thirty percent and increasing. Really? Mm-hmm. What would but you say? Even, well, I think that even when we don't meet face-to-face, we're doing Zoom, at least on our team, mm-hmm. team of 12, mm-hmm. do a lot of mortgages. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing Zoom, I mean, either face-to-face or Zoom with 80 to 90%. Oh, definitely. Well, if you are including Zoom and face-to-face, it's definitely 80 to 90. But I don't think that's the typical mortgage process. No, it's not. It's go online, here's your letter, good luck. Yeah, and that's, yeah. you're just setting you up for failure. Because then you, yeah, go buy, yeah. you go buy a home for what you're approved for, and you get all excited, and you love this shiny home because Rocket Mortgage said you were a pre-approved for 600 but you didn't want, you don't want to make the payment for what that house costs. That's right. And then you find that out after, afterwards. Well, buying a house based on what you can do, I mean... What other things in the world do we go just because we can? I mean, I can drive my car off a cliff, but I don't. Um, I mean, there's really a lot of, like, advice giving and trying to find the right shoe. You know, you can buy shoes online, too, but they don't fit as well. You know, it's when you go in a store and interact with somebody. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a a good good example of what you do. Um, All right. Am I up or you up? Hmm. Uh, I think. I think. I think it's me. I think it is you. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go with. Um, I'm going to go with this one. Of the people that bought a home, now this goes back a little bit. This is 2020 National Association of Realtors. What percentage of the people who bought a home used a mortgage? I 
think 82%. Wow. Nice work. You, you did it? great. No, it's even higher. It's 87% of people who buy a home use a mortgage. Is that a surprising stat for you, or are you right on it? Um, no, it's uh, no, it's not too surprising. Not that one. I think people would, if you have been a home buyer over the last couple of years, you think it's higher. Why? Because you're getting beat out by cash offers. Yeah. But these people aren't actually buying with cash. That's right. It's the biggest lie going. Yep. Here we said in 2023, spring, and everyone's saying they're buying cash, and then what do they do? Come come to us and get a mortgage. Can, yeah. you, can you close in two weeks? Yeah. yeah, we don't want anyone to know. Can we get a mortgage, close in two weeks, and not tell anybody? And the answer is yes, yeah. but it's just... It just feels a little crooked. Yeah, and it would have worked. A, it, w- it would have worked a lot better if we had talked beforehand. That's right. And we knew what you were doing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So I agree. That doesn't surprise me. The other reason it doesn't surprise me is how many people should really put six hundred thousand dollars into a yeah, house. Yeah, it's not. Don't do that. Your Why? house is a good debt. Well, of the debts, it's the best debt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, additionally, there's a word. I don't know if you've heard this or I've said this, but it's called dead presidents. That when you put money in your house, they're dead presidents, which means your home is going to increase in value the same regardless of whether you own it outright Mm -hmm. or have a mortgage on it. So putting more money in the house doesn't allow it to grow quicker. It grows the same either way versus taking that money and putting it into an investment account, which potentially, you know, could grow as little Mm -hmm. as four, as high as 15, but at least it's doing something for you. And that's the whole fallacy of the cash purchase, which if someone's rich enough to have 800K to put in cash, typically they're not parking it in their house. Right. That's a not wise financial decision. Now, there are times where it is. You know, if you're towards the later stages of your life and you're not looking for return, you're just looking to have no debt. Yeah. I get it. So I'm not, I mean, whenever you paint with a brush, too broad a brush, you're not painting accurately. But for the majority of people... Putting money in the house mm-hmm. is not something. It's a fallacy. Yeah. yeah. All right, great. Cool. All right, what you got for me? Um, okay, to, pl- to play off that, too, the age there, what do you think the average first-time homebuyer is? Age, first-time homebuyer. Well, like we said, it's straight talk from the front lines. We're seeing a ton of people come through. I did just have I, – I have you ever done a loan for an 18-year-old in your career? I don't think so. I know I have at least one, and I just had a guy come in Maybe front like of me like two months ago, 18. I remember this guy. Yeah, just came in. He's so cool, and he's just fearless. He's kind of on his own, so he's been forced to grow up early, and he's going to buy a house. And he met with us or met with me and said he can't. he's not going to buy now, but he's probably going to buy at the end of the summer, which is about six months off, and we laid down a plan. So I'm going to go with uh, – here in the southeast where we're filming this. I'm going to go with 28. The average is 34. That's national. higher than I thought. That's national. But that's, what, yeah, that's why I liked it, because it was higher than I thought it would be. Yeah, that's higher than, I'm not seeing that. Mm-mm. I think, you know, our clientele, I think by 34, they're calling us back on their second house. I, I would agree. Um, I, I would even have said, maybe even said a little lower than 28, from what we're seeing. Yeah, I think that, the people stand out. The other thing I'm noticing is um, this kind of counterplay against the millennial stereotype that they're just into renting and moving all over the United States. Um, 
Uh, I'm finding a lot want to settle, and I do think the high rent prices are, are driving a lot of yeah, this. Yeah, I think it. Yeah. The high rent. I mean, we're just coming out of a 7% interest rate environment, so that's a little different. But there for a long time, you could own a house for less than it was in rent. Mm-hmm. We're about the same now. We're owning's right. about the same as rent just because rents have shot up so much. But, um, but yeah, I think that I think that has I think the high rent is making the smart millennial Jesse says, you know, I, I think I'm just going to buy or at least inquire with us about yeah. it. So I think we're I feel like I'm talking to a lot of 24 to 27 year olds. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, cool. I think young 30s we're seeing them on their second home. <clears throat> All right, I'm looking at one that surprises me, and you and I talk a lot about this because the way we help someone buy a house and what kind of loan to do depends a lot about how long you're going to live in the house. Mm. So I got a national average here, but this one, I'm surprised by it, but I've already kind of skewed your response. But the typical <laughs> person selling a house has been in their home for blank. Person, okay, in other well, words, you're surprised how long it. has someone been in their home when they sell? What's the average port term of home ownership? Well, if you're surprised by it, I would have I would have said the average person has been in their house for three years, three to three to five. But if you're surprised by it, I'm going to go with seven. Yeah, you're right. It's, it, this is saying eight, but that's what? that's not what I'm seeing. No. Mm-mm. We have one right now where they bought a house last year. But I think whenever you deal with national averages, yeah. I think you've got a lot of folks at later stages of their life have been in homes for 20 and 30 years. Yeah, I think there's a lot of a lot of that. In- yeah, I think that if I saw that by by decade, I bet it'd be really different. So between mm-hmm. your, for, for people that own homes and buy in their 20s, how long are they in the home? Yeah, 30, two to four years. Forty. I mean, it, but yeah, because by it, the it time gets you get to sixties, I'll bet you the numbers twenty. Yeah. You know how long you've been in your house in that that decade. So that may be more of a function of the demographic. Now, I'll ask you another one, even though I'm breaking the you, ping pong match. You here. love to break rules, so I'm well, not surprised. It's just if you didn't break a rule, I'd be disappointed. Okay. Thank Please you. make sure you break a rule every single Actually, time. Actually, um, <laughs> I'm going to hold my question. Your turn. <laughs> Why? Well, because I, I want to follow the ping pong match. No, so I want you to break a rule. Okay, then I will. Uh, what percentage of Americans own a home? Hmm. 64%. i have seen a couple numbers as we prepared for this. I saw 68 and 64, so let's go with the 64, but it's somewhere in there. Now, regionally, that can vary. Yeah. Tremendously, the Midwest has the highest percentage of a home ownership. But like but, the city, but like yeah, sixty yeah. to sixty-four percent own a home. What do you think? I mean, sixty-four to sixty-eight. What do you think about that? Um, I think that sounds that sounds about about right. Not everyone should own. Most it should be higher. I do think it should be higher. Um, Who shouldn't think, own a home? Come on, you're in the business of helping people buy houses. Well, if you don't have, you know, if you know you're like if you really are moving around hopping around then maybe you don't yeah yeah might not be your thing what do you tell people is if you're going to own your home less than this amount of time you may not want to buy you might as well rent yeah what do you think um i I would say less than like two years yeah it's a funny question because it depends upon how quick homes go up in value and it depends on and it depends on the situation yeah um, so, I mean, if homes are going up in value, what we've seen in recent years, 
15 to 20 percent, which were coming out of that. Mm. And I, I think I'm seeing homes continue to go up in value more than what I'm seeing from people on the Internet. Yeah. Um, so I agree. if but if homes are going up 20 percent, you're just offsetting the 6 percent cost when you sell. Mm-hmm. So I'm, there's you're a right, math equation there. Um, because 20% appreciation has to offset the 6% fee upon sale. And it's somewhere between around two to three years, potentially. Mm-hmm. But we are having a lot of people come back and buy homes from us who just bought two years After, ago. Even, even a year ago. We have one right now where they literally bought one year ago and they're buying again. So some of it, are I think, selling? is your intention. Um, no. Because the I challenge gonna there turn with the tax our, law is that if you sell a house and haven't owned it for two years and consult your CPL, that could fine print. But if you sell a house, you're going to be subject to capital gains tax unless you've lived in it for two full years. Mm -hmm. So for someone to move after a year and rent the departure residence, that's good financial play. That's nice wealth building. We we like that, correct? Yeah, we do like that. We love that. Yeah. In fact, we've had... I have a guy I can think of who's bought three houses in three years. Mm-hmm. That's a good, a good play. Why? Because you buy with the primary rules, which means you get to put less down yep. and you get better mortgage terms um, versus if you were purchasing as an investment, you have to, there's all uh, just additional rules. We have to put more down, your rate's higher, fees are higher, a lot of 20% up. for investment. Yeah, and at 20%, it still looks ugly. It's like still twenty five percent down. I mean, makes it look you a can't bad. buy a house in our town for under three hundred thousand. Yeah. So twenty percent of three hundred thousand, you're looking at what is that? Sixty grand. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's hard to get up, come up with sixty grand. Yeah, but versus if you're buying as a primary, you can put down as little as five percent. So the idea is buy as your primary, and then turn that into an investment as you depart that home and purchase a new primary. Yeah, it's a trick. It's, it's a tip. For wealth trick. building, yeah. It's a tip and a trick. Yeah, yeah. It's there's, a good one. And it, there's nothing wrong with it. We're not breaking the rules. No. It's just, now there is something wrong with it. You have to move a lot, and moving is very painful. Yeah. But for that amount of wealth building, I mean, for it's a guy it. who's in his 20s to own three houses. Yeah, heck yeah. By it's amazing. 28, and have only put down 3 or 5% of each of them, it's a great little angle. Fantastic angle. Yeah. And that's the other reason I don't think that this financing mortgage world, even financial advisor world, goes to all overseas or Mm-mm. goes to the computer because that really what we do most of it is guidance advice giving tips mm-hmm. and tricks yep which is why Strategy. we're here today yeah consults um, um all right what you got okay this one isn't a statistic that i'm going to ask you i'm just going to tell you something funny okay <laughs> you know what i'm going to tell you no i don't know oh actually i can phrase this okay um what do you think mortgage means? Like the, the word in French, a French term. So, so mortgage as wait, a French term, what does it if mean? If mortgage, what are the, the, what's the, the word that the like, French use for yeah, the word that, I didn't mortgage. phrase that very well. And what's the Tran- me- yeah. meaning of that word? Yeah, like what's the translation you know, into I, French? On our next show, we need to actually think of what the word, I don't even know what the word mortgage means. Mort gauge. <laughs> It's, I mean, mortgage. <laughs> I've been doing it for 20 years. I really, that's, where'd that come from? That's how the, um, the computers would, would call it. Yeah. Mortgage. <laughs> would you like a mortgage? Mortgage. Um, so yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know. I'm going to go with mortgage means give me more money. Just cause more, I don't know. That would be, that's a good, 
A good thought, but it's incorrect. Okay, I'm sure it is. <laughs> yeah, what do you got? It translates to death pledge. It's pretty aggressive. So the French word for mortgage yeah. translates to death pledge? Death pledge. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. It, the intention was to show that the pledge dies when the debt is fully paid. So it's not as morbid as it sounds, but. Huh. Yeah. Well, I often I wonder. I pledge to pay this. <clears throat> our team, our, our mortgage team, we've named home loans. Yeah. Because it's odd that when you go get an automobile loan, it's not called a zupa zupa. It's just called a loan. But yeah. yet, yet a house has a special word that we don't use for anything else. I've yeah. never quite understood that. And I think the word mortgage kind of creates a connotation of fear and Ugh. yeah it's like Ooh, yeah it's a uh, dirty word yeah and you'll hear people be like hey I, I was so excited i got my keys but i just quote signed away my life you know and it's and it goes off of that concept of like death meanwhile yeah. the entrepreneur goes in and is like dude i just put down five grand and someone gave me three hundred thousand dollars just based right. upon my credit report are you kidding me yeah i mean and, and you know so I, I just feel like it's a classic half full half empty kind of way of viewing it um you know, the other entrepreneur thinks, oh, I'm going to use leverage and buy it's multiple leverage. houses. And yeah. let, yes, I, I think that's leveraging an asset. Yeah. It's, it's your asset. That it's you how do I accumulate things based upon OPM, which is other people's money. Mm -hmm. And the, the mortgage, rather than being a death pledge, really is a tool for wealth accumulation. Yeah, that's, exa it, it, that's exactly what it is. And a tool to accumulate wealth, to well, use your money and make more money. But, you know, what, what are you going to do if you don't get a mortgage? You're going to rent. You're going to rent. Or pay cash. But how are you or gonna live with your mom. Or live with your mom. But other than living with your mom, what's the difference between renting and a mortgage? Because you're still going to be alive, and then the next 30 days will pass, and when the next month comes up, you still owe someone yeah. rent. Yeah. But it's, you're not getting anything for what you're paying. Uh, but really, I, you might say to that person, what's the difference between getting a mortgage and getting paying rent every month i guess the difference is you're committed to the house more than you might be on a rental yeah but not really I mean, no you you're can not you can it. sell it yeah and i you or and rent i it out. both have rentals which is another reason that we're qualified to do this podcast because we believe in what we're talking about you're qualified i don't like hypocrites that's right um so we're using these same tools and building wealth in our own lives mm -hmm. yeah um but you know my renters are renting for two and three years. I have, I have most of my renters, I'm shocked. I mean, I get them to sign two-year leases. And then I think my average renter is in my house for four to five years. So That's I think awesome. the odd thing is it's not like, it's not like a mortgage is really that much more long-term than what I'm personally seeing with rentals in our area. Yeah. So I reject that. I would tell that person that that's a bit of a, uh, whoever's the linguist there, that's flawed thinking. I, from, will, I will call France. And yeah, let them call know. France. <laughs> no. I did actually read something that mortgages started in what what year or what oh, decade? Oh, I did read that somewhere too. Nin Do you remember? Think like fancy dresses and ducks and moving. Ducks? Flapping. You had Think flappers. Like flappers. Um, I'll tell you. Yeah, you. Because uh, silence isn't good on a podcast. I think they're going to edit. They're going to edit out our silence. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe they don't. But maybe it's nineteen thirties. Ah, that sounds right. Yep, that yeah, that sounds good. I didn't. That seemed longer than I thought. But then again, I'm sure it looked. What'd different. you do before that? I. You know what people did? 
what they paid as they went. They built. Uh, you know, my first Family. house was a Sears house. Oh yeah. Yeah, that whole block. Basically, you saved up some money and you Sears would deliver the ingredients to a house to the to the corner. And you would go on the weekends with family and follow and truly, like, the whole block was Sears homes. In fact, I think that's pretty common. Yeah, I think so. I know we're old for saying that. I mean, there may be people that are listening to this that are older and like, yeah, that's what people did. But for younger people, the catalog <laughs> would order, you'd order your floor plan and the, the tools and everything would show up. So really, you, you know, if we were a family, we would save money for five years and then order it, and then you put it together. And I think mm-hmm. that there's regions of this country that's still kind of how you build. You know, mom or dad so. splits off a bit bit of land, mm-hmm. and you slowly save the building materials, and then you build it. Well, um, where I come from, not that it's so far <laughs> where, away. Where do you come from? <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's not very far away. It's only two hours away, but it's more country. And... Um, they do that a lot. Like I, I can, I know people just even in my family that have just built their home over years yeah. and years and years and just kind of paid for it and self-built it as they went. But I mean, so I'm pretty sure she's been in, in her house for like seven years, and it's some of some stuff still isn't done. I wonder if um, that really the rise of mortgages came with the suburb suburbanization of probably yeah you know like mass building if you will yeah all right i got one for you okay and then we'll wrap up yeah um the average american will own how many homes in their lifetime and i'm not going to tell you whether it surprised me or not because that apparently gives away the answer and i don't want to give away the answer three hey yeah is that right it's three the average american will own three homes in their lifetime what do you think about it i think that um I think the number should be more. It goes against what you were saying earlier. Yeah, I think the number should be more because you should buy more. Um, Because real estate's a great tool. But I'm not surprised because if someone, if most of the world are S's, well, on the disc, an S, like, don't want to take a lot of risk. A lot of people have no idea. I I know, but it just came out of my mouth. Okay. Um, If most people in the world don't want to take a lot of risk, then you have kind of like three main chapters in your life. You know, like if you have your like young adult building yep. age, and then like family, family, build. and yep. then downsize. downsize. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think I could get that. Sense. Yeah, and basically in Jesse language, the S is the most common personality type, and S's yeah. are a little bit more apprehensive about change risk and risk. Yeah, just so, steady, but it seems really people. sadly low. It's sadly low. With home appreciation running anywhere between five and fifteen percent, that you wouldn't just own a couple more houses. Do you, do you know what? Mortgage people should get on our podcast and tell people that. We should. <laughs> and here we are with tips and tricks. Yeah, that's good. All right, well, let's wrap it up. Yeah. Do you have any more that you just are not, your life's not going to be fulfilled if you don't get to share before, uh, not before to, we're not done? Not today, not today. We'll, You're not going to we'll, wrap it up with some huge bang? Oh, I should I have left. I should have said no. Mm-mm. No, you're not. You're oh, you're just going to, you're going to be the hook, which is yes, stay tuned. tune in next yeah. time for. How about this? I have one. I'll tell you next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Awesome. So we'll start off next time with your amazing statistic that you're going to help us with. Um, yeah. On behalf of the wonderful Jesse Perrone, uh, Mortgage Woman Extraordinaire, and on behalf of myself, Greg Cowart, I want to thank you for listening to our Straight Talk on Wealth and Real Estate podcast. We'll see you next time.
Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Straight Talk Podcast. I hope it's been time well spent. Do you have questions? Topics you'd like to see me cover? Want to connect? Just reach out to me, gregcowart.com. Now go make it a great day.